We started a new series called New Life. New Life, all right? And uh, it is obviously what spring is all about. New Life. And I want to, to put some challenges to you, some, some truths to you as well, because spring is a time of new life, but it's a time of challenges as well. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. And so I want to encourage you with some realities of new life, but also helping you to face your own challenges. I also want to tell you about a challenge we have as a church and invite you to participate in overcoming this challenge. And if you behave yourselves nicely today, at the end of the service, you can all have ice cream. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so, okay, pastor, get that sermon out of the way. I want to get to the ice cream. All right, I heard you. Let's go there. Amen. Just a few thoughts about, uh, about spring. Number one, spring is a time when kings go to war. Uh, in First Chronicles 21, it talks about that. And there are other, other scriptures. It says, uh, in the spring, the time when kings go to battle, Joab led an army to war. In ancient times, in biblical times, um, they couldn't really do war in winter because it's very difficult, northern hemisphere and all the cold that is there and the snow and everything else, difficult for you to keep your armies supplied in the middle of winter. So normally the dead is in winter, they kind of all pulled back, they packed up and they stayed in their villages and they strategized and they planned and they prepared and as soon as spring comes and the weather is favorable and you can again move around and, and get where you want to get to, the kings went out to conquer, to get new territory and so forth. And so spring is a time that reminds us it's a time to go to war and conquer. Now, of course, I'm not suggesting anybody should go to war and conquer your neighbor's house. But you know, and I know, that all of us have personal battles that we need to conquer. There are challenges we all face. Maybe in relationships, maybe in health, maybe in finances, maybe in, in, in jobs, whatever it is. We all have challenges. Maybe we're stuck somewhere. Maybe we've got something holding us back in achieving the, our full potential. Maybe there are habits you're fighting with. Maybe your thought patterns we are fighting with. Whatever it is, whatever challenge you are facing, I think spring is a wonderful reminder that, hey, it's time to face this thing. It's time to go to war. God gives us chances in life. We are not bound to sit and to die. If some area in your life is dying, don't just let it die. Some things should just die, but some things should not. And you know which is which. You know what you've got to fight for. You know what challenges you've got to face. So it's a time to go to war. And so for us, it is a time to face new challenges and conquer new territory in our lives. It is also a, a time when we have a, a, a season of life-giving rain. Spring is a time of life giving rain. And so we have to, to face that and uh, understand that God has promised in His Word to give rain in season. And there's a time to have this rain. Deuteronomy 11.14 says, Then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather in your grain new wine and olive oil. You see... In the Bible, rain talks about life. 
Because of rain, there can be life. Now, you guys know here in South Africa, we've been having a bit of a drought season. And last year, farmers were panicking. Remember? Out in the Cape area, farm, the, the dams were down to 10% and some of them even less. Today, I believe they're up to about 70%. So God has blessed us with rains and everybody's relieved. But we're still praying for more rain. We need the spring rain. We need the autumn rains and the spring rains. And right now, the farmers are expecting the rains to come. And the Lord says, I am the giver of rain. We need to trust him. And we need physical rain in our lives. But we also need spiritual rain. The rain of God's mercies. The rain of God's favor. The rain of God's touch upon our lives. And, and spring reminds us that God does not forget us. He does not forget nature. Every year you go through the cycle. Every year spring comes again. You go through a period of coldness and dryness. But then life comes again. And so it is in our lives. We may go through periods of dryness, of desert. But hanging there, rain is coming. God promises his rain. And we need to hold on to that promise. We need to trust God. We cannot give up. It is also a season of flowers and, and singing birds. In, in Song of Songs, Songs of Solomon, chapter 2, 11, 12, it says, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the winter rains are gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. I don't know about you, but somehow in winter, I don't feel very much like singing. I am cold, I want to wrap myself up and, and, and my teeth sound like grenades, you know, you know the Spanish little thing, you know. <laughs> and I don't feel like singing very much. But when, when spring comes and, and, and it's warm, you go, hey, hallelujah, you want to sing again. And guys, there may be times in our lives when we don't feel like singing, where there's no joy, where there's no desire to sing. And again, God reminds us, those seasons do not last forever. It is only a season. Trust in the Lord. The time of singing is coming. And you see, in the earth, in the planet, the, the seasons are very much fixed. They come every three months. They come and they go. And they repeat themselves every single year. And, and the whole of the hemisphere experiences the, the, the same thing. But in our lives, it's not always like that. Seasons don't only last three months. They can last three weeks. They can last three years. Seasons come and seasons go. And also, uh, you can be in your life, you can experience different seasons at once. Uh, you know, like maybe health-wise, you might, you might be spring or summer and feeling wonderfully healthy and so forth. But maybe in your finances, you might be in winter. In your relationships, you might be doing brilliantly. But in another area, you might be doing poorly. So we can have different seasons simultaneously in our lives. And what spring season does to us is to remind that wherever you are, new life is possible. Whichever area in your life is needing a bit of a boost, hang in there. Trust God because He will send the answer. He will send the rain. They will be singing again. And then something we don't always notice here in South Africa, but you see, <laughs> spring is the season of the resurrection of Christ. We don't notice this because here in the southern hemisphere, we celebrate Easter in autumn. We use, I mean, I've, I've always been a southern hemisphere boyki, so I've never had a spring Easter. 
Easter is always when things are dying, you know. And I even thought to myself, things are dying because Jesus died, you know. No, 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 no. Because you and I know that he did not remain dead, right? He died, but on the third day he arose and he's alive. Hallelujah. But you see, think about it this way. that You see what you're experiencing right now? This kind of, of vibrancy and new life in nature? That's what they experience in Europe at Easter season. And Jesus died in, 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 in the spring season. In the Easter season. And Jesus died in spring. When, when, when all the unbelievers are, are, are celebrating spring and, and, and Easter and, and the coming of the sun and the going away of the winter and the coming of new life, during that season, God symbolically puts Jesus on the calendar and he dies. And the hope of the world is gone only to rise again on the third day and remain alive forever. So to me, spring reminds me of the resurrection. I remember Christ being resurrected. Next week we'll be celebrating that in our um, communion uh, service. So there's a new vibrant life all around us. Our text for this series is 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 17. It's a verse which you probably have heard a million times. Uh, I'm exaggerating now. But uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And by the way, as we were worshiping this morning, you're going to notice, if you're careful, notice carefully, a whole sermon today was wrapped up in a worship program, by the way. And you're going to see as you go along, all right? But here's the first, here's, here's one of them. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. You are a new creation. Now, there was once this gambler, <laughs> okay? This guy, he was, he was, he had this, this habit, he was hooked on gambling. And he gambled away his money. And then he gambled away his house and his car. And it came to a point, he gambled so much, he was so much in debt. And one day coming home from the gambling place, he went past the church, he went inside, and he heard a message on this verse. You know, come to Jesus. God will make you a new creation. He says, man, I need that in my life. I'm in such a mess. So he came forward, gave his life to Christ, and went home all happy. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. And next morning, they knock at his door. When he opens the door, it's one of his debt collectors. He says, I'm here to collect my debt. You owe me 100,000 rand. He says, no, 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 no. That's not me. You got the wrong person. No, come on, oh, it, it, it's you. Say, no, no, that, that was the old me. I went to church last night, I got born again. And now I'm a new creation. I'm brand new, I don't owe anybody anything, man. It's the old guy that owes you money, not me. <clears throat> I, I just want to clarify, guys, that is not what this verse means. Huh? If you had dead before coming to Jesus, you still got dead after coming to Jesus. And you better trust him to help you sort it out. And he will. He'll help you get over the stuff that got you in date in the first place. Huh? But the point is this. You are a new creation. You, you don't change on the outside. If you had blue eyes before, you've got blue eyes after. If, you're, if you were overweight before, you're overweight, overweight after. Sorry, baby. Coming to Christ means you've got a new relationship. You, you still have to work at some of your other problems, okay? But there's the difference. We are 
new inside. We've got a new relationship. We've got new strength, new capacity, new abilities. And, and I want to explore that a, a little bit with you today. You are a new creation. Now, repeat after me. I want everybody to repeat this after me, okay? Say, say with me. God loves me just as I am. But he loves me too much to leave me the way I am. Huh? Did you get that? And now, see, we all love the first part. God loves me just the way I am. Hallelujah. You know? And we all love that part. And what most of us want to do is you want to say, God, love me the way I am and just let me be the way I am until I die. And then take me to heaven and sort me out. Uh-uh. God loves you too much. <sighs> you see, change is coming. To follow Christ means to change, to be constantly changing. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says the following. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, that means even though we get older, Okay, and things change. Even though the outward man is, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. You see, there's the outward man and there's the inward man. The real you is the inward you. Our body is just the tent that we use on this planet. It's our earth suit. You know, when guys go to the moon, they've got to put a space suit on, otherwise they fry up there on the moon or freeze up. Well, God has given us this body. It's our earth suit. Without this body, we cannot exist on this planet. And so we've got an earth suit, but you are inside that suit. And the real you is the one inside. And so your suit gets bashed and up and down and it gets old, gets kind of worn and, and, and so on. But the real you is inside the suit. And the word of God says, you know, although our bodies, although our suit may get a beating, the real me is renewed day by day. The Bible says God's mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. So you see, being a new creation in Christ means you've got access to all this. You've got access to new life every day. You can grow every day. And we will keep on changing and growing until we see Jesus face to face. Now, do you remember the day you were born? <laughs> it's like everybody remembers except you, eh? <laughs> But you see, the day you were born, and after that day, you, you lived very comfortably in a certain realm, in a certain universe. In that universe, you had everything you need. You had warmth, you had protection, you had food. It was lekker, man. And then all of a sudden, one day, boom, you get born into this new reality, this new universe. And you got such a fright, you went, ah! Yeah, so did I. I remember that day. <laughs> Not. <laughs> but the fact is, you see, 
you're born in this new reality, this new life. And this new life, the, when you, the day you were born, it, it offers you what you could never have in your previous reality. In the womb, you could never have what you've got now. But once you get born into this world, you can grow. And you can achieve things you could never achieved in your previous universe. It is similar with a new birth. The life we live without Christ has limitations. And the new life in Christ offers us, offers you, what you could never have in your old life. But you have to embrace it and grow. You see, when you're born in, in this world, you cried and, and, and you had to grow. You couldn't just sit over there. You began to eat, you began to grow, you began to learn new things, and you're still growing, and you're still learning, and you're still going. And in the same way, when you're born again, Jesus says you must be born again. When you receive this new life, when you put your trust in Jesus, the day you realize that, you know, you cannot save yourself. You need a Savior. And Jesus is that Savior. And you put your faith in Him. That's the day you enter this new life, the new reality, the new birth. That's when you become a new creation. But you can't just sit over there. You've got to grow. That's why you cannot just say, oh, God loves me the way I am. And, and, and it's, it doesn't stop there. That's the beginning. God loves you the way you are. That's why he sent Jesus. Because he knows that you and I, the way we are, we could never save ourselves. We need help. And so he sent Jesus. But now that we embrace Jesus, we cannot remain the way we are. We need to allow God to change us. We have to leave the old life behind with its limitations, with its sins, its habits, etc. And move on to a new freedom, new power, new revelation, new future. So many people like the God loves me just as I am part. But they avoid the loves me too much to leave me as I am. We want the Lord to love us, but to leave us as we are. In our sins, in our immorality, in our foul language, in our greediness. You know, we're smoking ourselves to death or drinking ourselves to death or doing substance abuse to death. You cannot have it both ways. God loves you too much to leave you like that. If Jesus is Lord, he is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. He died for you. And if he died for you so you can have life, guess what? He owns you. <laughs> but the thing is, he only wants the best for you. In this world, people do you great favors and then they have you in their debt and then they manipulate you and abuse you and suck you dry. Not Jesus. He's got you, but he loves you. He wants the best for you and you can trust him. So let's look very quickly today at, at new life realities. I want to do a bit of introduction to these new life realities and then during the month we're going to go back into some of them and go a bit deeper into them. New life realities. Let's look at these new life realities based on, on 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the, the very uh, verse, uh, chapter in which this verse is, uh, is based on. And uh, we, we need to look around there. You know, the Bible has much to say about this. We are just looking at this one aspect. But first of all, I have a new future. That's, that's the first thing. As you enter this new life, understand this. You have a new future. So realities of your life, I have a new future. In, in verse 1 of this chapter, um, he, he talks about we have a new house in heaven. He says, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house made not with hands, eternal in heavens. Did you know that? 
You see, we, we, we tend to be so focused on this life. We are fighting here. We have to pay rent. We have to pay taxes. We have to bring kids up. We have to go to our job. We have to pass exams. We have to do stuff. And we, we get so caught up in our day-to-day life, we often forget that we have a future way beyond this life, that we have a new future in heaven with the Lord. And we need to be ready for that. We need to understand that. During Youth Fest, we've just had you know, those of you that were involved in Youth Fest. You might remember Tebby. He's the bass player of, um, of Heartfelt Church. And he helped us as well. He played bass in the, in the band here with us. He's been with us the last three, four Youth Fests. Good friend of ours. Got the news yesterday that he died yesterday. Suddenly, Friday night, he felt ill. And early Saturday morning, he passed away. We still don't know what it is. And we know he suffered from asthma, but it wasn't that what he died of. They're still trying to establish exactly what happened. But suddenly, our brother's gone. It's a shock to us, to those of us that knew him and got to know him and, and love him. And you guys might remember him that were involved in Youth Fest. And it's a shock, guys. But here's the fact. Nobody lives forever. And you don't have to be old to die. In my job as a pastor, I've buried very old people, but very young people too. Because there's a time to be born, and there's a time to die, and there's no guarantee how long it's going to be. But for the child of God, we know one thing. No matter when I go, I know where I'm going. And you see, it is painful for us to have lost our brother. For us, well, yeah, it's painful. But right now, Tebby is rejoicing in heaven. He's not struggling with asthma anymore. He can jump, he can sing, he can shout, he can run around because he has arrived in his future, in his real future. This earth is temporary. With God, it's forever. This house, this tent will pass away. With him, it is eternal forever. And I was just checking the statistics the other day. It still stands that every human being that gets born still dies. 100%. And so we need to face this, guys. Oh, Pastor, it's spring day. We're talking about life. Are you talking about death? I'm not talking about death. I'm talking about life. Eternal life. And we need to understand this and, and, and have a greater vision and understanding than our pretty little couple of years on this earth. Because we fight so much and we fight each other and, and, and we fight for this and we fight for power and we fight for money and, and we, we kill, steal, destroy for a few years on this planet when there's all of eternity lying ahead of us. And we should be getting ready for that and using this time on earth to do something for God. We have a new future. We also have a new identity. I am in Christ. I'm a new creation. That's a new identity. Verse 15 says that, says that we, we, we all should live for him. In verse 5, it says that God has given us the Holy Spirit. He is Holy Spirit as a seal. Verse 20 says that you are ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador represents his country. His identity is in his home. My identity is not in any country in this world. My identity is in the kingdom of God. That's who I am. I'm a child of God. What about you? You're not a child of your nation. They just happen to be the earthly carriers of you. And it's okay to enjoy our differences as nations, tribes, languages, tongues. Different kinds of delicious food. Yeah, nice. 
But that does not define us. I am a child of God. What about you? We are united in our kingdom identity. And we need to get it through these thick skulls of ours. That that is who we are. I've got a new identity. I have a new worldview. Verse 7, he says, all things have passed away, including the way I look at myself, the way I look at life, and the way I look at the world. Verse 18 says, all things belong to God. This whole universe is the Lord's. Planet Earth is the Lord's. God gave it to man, lent it to man for a season. And we are supposed to look after this planet now. We are supposed to govern it. We are supposed to look after it. Look what a mess we've made of it. But it still belongs to God. And one day he's going to come back. And we all have to give an account of what we've done with this planet. Mm. Amen, brother. <laughs> Preach it, pastor. <laughs> you see, we've got a new old view. I've got to see this world as God's world. And therefore, his values, his laws are what govern. You see, God spoke and the universe came to existence. Then he spoke to the prophets and they wrote his word. That's why the Bible and the universe are in harmony with each other. When we make laws and we, we choose values which go against the word of God, the whole universe fights against us. And that's why many philosopher, philosophies and, and political systems in the past, they've tried it. It has failed because it goes against the universe. And right now, we are trying it again. We are trying to, to develop new ideas, new philosophies, new values, new moralities, redefining so many things. The whole universe will go against that. Just give it time and you will see. I have a new worldview. I also have a new faith. Verse 7 says, we live by faith and not by sight. Faith is not based on what I can see. You see, everything I can see was created by that which I cannot see. The kingdom of God in the spiritual world is a higher realm, a higher power than the physical three or four dimensional realm in which we live. I have a new faith, faith in Christ, faith in the word of God, faith in what he says. I have a new reason for living. Verse 9 says that we aim to be well-pleasing to Jesus. I'm more concerned on pleasing Jesus than pleasing you. And I hope you feel the same way about me and everyone else. I hope you're more concerned about pleasing Jesus than pleasing any other human being. We need each other. And you're called to fellowship with another and to be as family. Very true. But together, our aim should be to please him first above all else. We have a new reason for living. Verse 15 says, you're not living for themselves, but for him. I have new challenges. In verse 14, it says that we groan. We are beside ourselves. And we groan. Why? Because we see things around us which are not good. And especially when you begin to have God's view of the world, of the planet, of the earth, you begin to see things which trouble you. Every day we have to fight against stuff. Every day we have to to face challenges to be alive. And as we come to know the Lord, these challenges actually increase. You won't be pleasing God because one day we have to give an account to God. In verse 10 it says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And that's why I'm more concerned than pleasing Him than anyone else. You don't judge me, He judges me. And I want Him to look at me and say, well done, Valdir. You've been a good and faithful servant. I want to hear that. What about you? 
And it's a challenge to, to live up to that. Another thing is, in verse 19, it says that God has committed to us the word of reconciliation. He has entrusted you and I to carry his message out to everybody. That's a major challenge. Because the minute you want to share the word of Christ, people say, oh, come on, not, not you too. You will go to the, the, the funny church over there where they sing and, and believe in the Bible. You go to those prayer meetings. Oh, come on. You become a religious freak. You, come on. And none of us want to face that. I made my commitment to Christ. I was in high school. Eish, 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 eish. I got called Dominey. I got called all sorts of names. Because I wasn't very preachy, but I did stand for what I believed. Because God gives us a message of reconciliation. And if you love the people around you, you're going to tell them, hey, Jesus loves you, man. Stop your nonsense. What you need is Jesus in your life. And people don't like to hear that. Because they want to hear the message of, God loves me just as I am. They don't want to hear, God loves you too much to change you. <laughs> Not to leave you the way you are. And so it's a challenge, guys, to, to, be, to do what God wants us to do. But of course, praise God, we also have a new generosity. Something happens inside us, and we become a lot more generous with our possessions, with our money, with our time, with our giftings. You see, because in verse 14, it says that the love of Christ compels us. And, and Christ he is the pinnacle of generosity. No one more generous than Jesus. He gave everything, including his life, to bring us into harmony with God. And even when facing challenges, we are often called to exercise generosity. The kingdom law is give and it shall be given. The kingdom law is sow and you will reap. First you have to let go. First you have to plant. First you have to do something and then the blessing comes away. That's what generosity is all about. It goes against the world. The world says hoard everything you can, put everything in a can and then sit on the can so that nobody gets it from you, man. That's the world's way. God's way is you want to have, give. You want to get, be generous. Because see, generosity opens up the windows of heaven, the windows of God's blessings. Amen. Now, this is not a complete list. We'll explore a few others, and during the month we'll talk a little bit more about these things. But I want to come back to verse 5 of that chapter, which says, Now he has prepared us for this very things God, who has also given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Guys, all these things, all these new realities, they are made possible by the fact that Jesus Christ died, was buried, rose again, is alive today, went up to heaven, and gave us his Holy Spirit to be with us all the time everywhere, wherever we are. And therefore, we can live out these realities. In closing, I want to talk about a little challenge. I said earlier, I want to mention a little challenge. And I very quickly want to talk about a challenge which we as a church are facing and which I'd like to ask you as a church to help us engage this challenge and overcome it. And I'm talking now to those who are members of this church, those who have applied to be members, those of you who attend here regularly. If you're visiting us today or you belong to the church, you're welcome to listen and you're welcome to, to join this project if you'd like to, okay? And by the way, you know, I'm giving you a warning. Here we go. I'm going to be talking about money just now, all right? But we, as you know, that if you come to this church often, we are not a church to talk all the time about money. We believe that God calls us to give our tithes and our offerings. But in this church, you don't track people. You don't follow. You don't, we don't do every Sunday a half, minute, a half an hour talk to get money out of you. I don't believe it's necessary. I believe as you get to know the word of God, the Holy Spirit convicts you and you give. 
We don't follow up who gives, who doesn't. It's between you and the Lord. And what I'm going to put before you, the same thing, it's between you and the Lord. And it's a, a challenge which for us as a family, okay? And I want to end this meeting as well, not just by sharing this challenge, but also by praying for you as well, as individuals and as families. I want to pray for those of you facing challenges. I want to prophesy to you that it is the season of going to, you, to war and conquering your enemies. Facing your challenges and bringing closures to them. Amen? Enough of being overcome. Enough of being the tail and not the head. The Lord calls us to conquer. He calls us to be the head and not the tail. To be above and not beneath. To enjoy life in abundance. It is Jesus who said, I came that you may have life and have it in abundance. Zoe life. Life to the full. And so... He wants us to live lives to the full. Listen, not to live like a fool, okay? To live lives to the full. And so let us face our personal challenges in the name of Jesus. Trust that there will be an outpouring of new life upon every adverse circumstance in our uh, lives. So let me put you before the challenge that I want us to face as a church. I am calling on all members and all those coming here, as I said, and anyone who would like to participate in this challenge. It's called the 200K Challenge. 200K Challenge. It is an unusual project in that we want to raise money for something that has already been done. Often churches want to raise money for what's going to happen. We want to raise money for what has been done. Whenever we do large projects in this church, we make use of a 200,000 rand loan account that was granted to us some 15 years ago. We go into it and we pay it off. Go into it and we pay it off. And this has happened two or three times in the past. Last time was about 11 years ago when we built the classes here at the back which house our kids' church. In 2017, we did a major renovation and upgraded our hall. This included painting the hall, installing um, light-blocking shutters. We rebranded our church as well from Hatfield Portuguese Ministry to Awaken Life Church. We upgraded our sound system. We installed energy-saving LED lights in the hall and a new stage lighting, all of which is digitally controlled. And we created an internet and social media presence consisting of a website, an active Facebook and Instagram pages. Did you know that? It's there. This upgrade and upkeep of this has cost money which we used from our loan account. On top of this, monthly church income has not kept pace with the increased monthly expenses, causing us to use the loan account even further. This has brought our loan account dangerously low to the point that we urgently need a boost to get rid of that 200,000 rand loan account. And so the challenge is this to us, to raise 200,000 rand within this financial year still. That means we need to raise this money within the next six months, between September, now, 2019, and February 2020. Now, guys, it's not the first time we do this. We've done this before, and I believe we can do it again. But before we continue, what has been the result of this investment and these changes? Has it been worth it? The result is a modern and functional hall, able to offer a comfortable and contemporary worship experience an environment which you want to bring your friends to. But most importantly, in the last two years, we have seen the following. An increased number of visitors. Many lives touched by the Lord in our services. Some brought closer to the Lord. Some finding direction, healing, and comfort. 
Many new people finding a church home here. This includes 18 new members and another 12 being processed now who are already in the church and will be introduced uh, formally soon. And there are more inquiries about membership here. We've had 31 baptisms. We've had an increased influence on social media. Some of you found us due to our social media presence. Every week, our sermons go out to many who cannot be here. Some people are in our city and others are further away in our country. While some are even beyond our borders and overseas. People are being blessed by our services here in many different places. Without these upgrades and the money spent, these things could not happen. And this is just the beginning. I believe there's so much more the Lord wants to do in and through this church. In other words, in and through each one of us, each one of you. Every cent you contribute here makes part, makes you a part of what God is doing in this church. And I am thankful to each and every one of you who has contributed financially in any way so far. And I trust that you will continue to contribute generously as the Lord enables us to continue, as enables you to provide. We are at a point now that requires something extra from each one of us who are members or attenders or linked to this body. Maybe you are not a member, nor do you attend regularly, but you'd like to be part of, in some way, of what God is doing through our Waking Life Church. And so I invite you to prayerfully consider being part of the 200K challenge. That means that over and above your regular tithes and offerings that you give to the church, you will commit, you will pledge, commit, make a, a commitment to, between you and God to give a once-off amount or a monthly amount towards this challenge. Can it be done? I believe it can. How do you raise 200,000 rand in six months? It's very easy. Get 10 people to give 20,000 rand. Done. <laughs> Who's the first one? <laughs> now. <laughs> you see, but, but if we all come together, we can do it. I'm using about a figure of 150 people. We serve, it's about over 200 people in this church. But let's take 150 people. And this is for everybody. Youngsters, youth, you know, adults, even kids can, can join this product. How can I do it? Well, come on, just, just, just give up a one, one, one Mac meal a month, okay? That's it. And let's put towards that. Just do something for the kingdom. But let me use 150 people as an example. 150 people means each person would try to give 1,330 rand over the next three months. It's a lot of money, but it can be done. And I know that some of us can do more than 1,300 rand in the next six months. Some can do less. But what can you do? The, the question is, what can you do? You see? And so, if everyone gives joyfully and sacrificially, we can do that. 1,334 rands a month is equivalent to 222 rand a month for six months. All right? Can anyone give 222? Some can. Some can give more. Some can give less. Maybe if I sacrifice something, I sacrifice a meal out, I sacrifice a takeaway, I sacrifice one of my little pleasures. Maybe I can put that money together and give it towards the kingdom. Hello? So I'm asking for some sacrificial giving. If everyone gives joyfully and sacrificially, I believe we can do this. Choose to give a monthly thing within your limits or a once-off. And so we're going to, to ask for pledges. Now, I know not everybody likes to make a pledge. It's up to you. You know, the, the reason we ask for pledges is simply to help us to plan, you know, in our, in our budgeting. 
And it's nice to have. I don't mind putting a pledge in. Give us something to work with. If you don't want a pledge, but you want to go and pray, and whenever you feel like giving something you want to give, that is fine. During the course of this month, we're going to talk about this. We're going to give you all the details. You're going to give into our regular banking account, which you have in your calendars there. And uh, if, you, if you give through, the, through that account electronically, just put the uh, 200K challenge as, uh, as your reference. Then we know it's going towards this uh, project. And during this month, you're going to be talking about it. And uh, to, in the last three months, three Sundays of this month, I'm going to ask you to, to pledge or to make some form of commitment if you are free to do that. I want you this month to again pray about it. Pray as individuals, pray as families. How much are you willing to contribute towards this project? As I said, if 150 people give 1,334 rand uh, in the next six months, not a month, but for the whole six months, we can do this. If you can do more than that, do it. If you can do less than that, do what you can. But do it with joy and do it for the Lord. It is a, a sacrifice, but do it for the Lord and his kingdom. Some of you get end year bonuses. Sacrifice a small portion of that. Be creative and you'll find a way of giving more than you thought you could. Can I ask you to be in prayer about this? Amen. And, um, you know, I do have some pledge forms in the counter at the back there if you want to pick up one and, and take it home and, and, and think about it. But uh, I will be talking about this during this month, and we'll take pledges towards the end of the month. But I want you to be praying about this and to consider being part together of this challenge for us as a church. Can I ask you now to stand as we pray, please? We're going to close in prayer. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God will enable you to face your particular challenge. What is it that you're facing right now that you need to bring closure to what is it that you're fighting internally with that needs to be brought to an end, to harmony, to a close? What is it that needs healing in your life? And by the way, remember to come to our prayer meeting on the 12th. We're going to be praying for healing. Any form of healing that you need in your life, we're going to be getting together that Thursday and continue to pray for healing. And so if you have a challenge you're standing up today, I want you to think about that. It might be financial difficulties, could be unemployment, could be unforgiveness, could be anger issues, could be sickness or disease, could be a, a lack of harmony between family members or friendships or relationships, could be addiction to smoking, alcohol, substance abuse, could be sexual addictions or any sex-related sin, could be using foul language or using the Lord's name in vain, could be pride, could be greediness for money, power or popularity, could be low self-esteem, could be struggling to believe what God says about you. Could be any other challenge, any hindrance to holiness, any sin that binds you and holds you back, any condition that limits your growth and you achieving your full potential. Let's pray that that challenge will be destroyed in Jesus' name and that you will find your full potential in Christ. Is that okay? Let's trust God right now. Close our eyes. Let's pray. My Father, I thank you that you are a God of war as well. That in season when the kings go out to war, Lord, you're always ready to go to war on behalf of your children. You're always ready to stand by us and to fight the enemy of our souls and to help us overcome anything that would destroy us, that would steal from us. And so I pray for your people this morning. Lord, everyone standing here, you know what their challenge is, what their individual challenge is what their challenges as a family is, Father.
And whatever it is, my God, I pray for a breakthrough this morning. I pray for insight and wisdom. That, Lord, as this month we focus on new life, that, Lord, to the individuals and to the families, there will be new insights. That you'll open their eyes to see new ways out. That you'll do miracles in their lives, Father God. That you'll supernaturally intervene, my God, and break any bondage, any chain, anything holding your people back in Jesus' name, Lord. I pray that this will be a month and a season of breakthrough, of new life, Lord, in every area of our lives. Let your people, Lord God, experience your joy, freedom, new life, peace, to the glory of your name, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all those who agreed said, Amen, amen and amen.